So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 5, Episode 10 of Love After Lockup. On this episode, Melissa wants to take a break from Louie. Chelsea and Mikey argue about how she has earned extra money. Brittany and Kirok continue to talk about babies. Brittany borrows Andy's phone to call her daughter to get her to pick her up. Sheree tries to prepare Anthony for a potential job interview. And Red steps out on Joy with his bestie, Julie. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Things are going okay. I have the week off, so happy Thanksgiving week. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. I just have two absolutely pointless days. Like, it's just like, it's hurting cats to get kids into the classroom just because they're like, we're not even doing anything. Oh, my gosh. Well, I will say that even though we have a full week off, we had students that took off, you know, before, like... Yeah. Last time I saw them was Wednesday. Yeah, tipping out like, Thursday and Friday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, all right, so let's see. Speaking of people who, I don't know, stepped out. Actually, let's talk about <laughs> God, we have so many that stepped out this There's week. There's a lot of stepping out this week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Actually, let's start uh, Let's start with the short and sweet. Let's start with Brittany and Key Rock. So Key Rock is in bed FaceTiming with his friend Ebony and his goddaughter, uh, Janila. So Brittany comes in to say hi to Janila, hi to Ebony. Everybody seems to be get, getting along well. And Brittany is Brittany is kind of using this, hey, look, isn't Key Rock good with kids? Wouldn't he be a great dad? Um, so <laughs> Brittany said she promised to dial it back with the baby stuff. But, you know, seeing how good he is with his goddaughter just gives her all the feels and she brings it up again, which is irritating to him. So he says that after talking to the doctor, like he's further away from wanting a baby than ever. So Brittany doesn't get it. Like they're going to be married, so that's what people do when they have when they're married. They have they have kids. They just do it. But Kirok definitely doesn't see children as a necessary part of married life, um, or life in general. Like it's not just like a milestone you have to pass. And especially right now, uh, with him just adjusting to getting out of prison, her being so young, and especially especially it, it involves him detransitioning in any way, shape, or form. So she's irritated that. The more they talk about it, the more it seems like he never wants to have kids and he kind of is just like, I don't know, maybe I don't, um, which is going to be an issue down the line. So I kind of am curious, what do you think about this argument that they're just kind of circular having now is like Brittany's making it worse, right? Like every time she talks about it, it gets worse. Yeah, and but at the same time, like, it's probably for the best that she keeps on bringing it up because if he feels this strongly against having kids and she feels this strongly for having kids, like, this is a conversation that needs to keep happening. What I really hate is when couples are not on the same page, they sweep it under the rug, continue having their relationship like nothing's wrong, and then it, until what? Like, you're just in denial about the fact that you want two very different things in life. And then you're, you know, going to break up like, you know, three, five, 10, 15 years from now, you know, because I mm-hmm. feel like that's how it would go. Because Brittany, she's still pretty young, 23. Was she going to wait like 17 years for him to keep saying no before she's like, well, I'm 40 now. I probably should move on. And then at that point. You know, you can already tell they have somewhat of a codependent relationship. 
Like, is she really going to leave in 17 years? Yeah. And I think what she's what's what's worrying here is the idea that like he might. You, there's always a might. He definitely is not saying no already. And that's what bothers me is the men who definitely say no. And right. Like, no, absolutely not. And they're like, yeah, but I'm going to stick around in case they change their mind. It's like they were yeah. even on yeah. the fence. Like they said no. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's that's not him right now. Right. So there is a chance of him changing his mind. And, you know, it's kind of a little bit sticking around for that. But I feel like it's going to also backfire if there's somebody who's open to it, wanted it before, just really just got some brand new information about like Mm -hmm. this and is actually processing like what he's feeling. But I feel like it's going to be if he's like, well, if you're going to push me right now for an answer, then the answer is no. Yeah. Right. And so – like it's, and that's where I think it comes with the backfiring. I think you're right. This conversation needs to happen. It doesn't need to keep happening right now when he's right. processing the information. Because the other thing that, that is is up with it is like it seems to me like the number one thing about having kids that he doesn't want to deal with is the possibility of detransitioning. Right. Right. To get the eggs harvested or whatever. And they didn't go back to the drawing board of like what other options do we have in terms of you know donors or surrogacy. It was just like, well, nope. I guess if this is what we have to do to have kids, and it's like I don't know why, I don't know why his conversation goes directly to maybe we'll never have kids, and not to maybe let's think of options where I don't have to detransition to have his kid. Right. Like to me, like he has a bunch of brothers. Like maybe have one of them be a potential sperm donor. Mm-hmm. Right. Like something like that, where it's like you're still kind of keeping it in the family. It would just be Britney's egg. Like, I mean, there are other options. And I feel like you're right. They haven't explored any other options because it has to be like their kid um, or his kid specifically. His kid specifically. It wouldn't even because it, if it was surrogacy, it would not be genetically related to Britney anyway. Like, right. We're still talking a donor either way. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yes, I, I think there are very viable options. I, I feel like the brothers would probably be okay with the sperm donation in this sense, mm-hmm. you know, because they're not the one, you know, having to take care of the child at the end of the day. And they maybe they wouldn't really even care, like, you know, being involved in their life like that. Right. I mean, that seems to me I, – I don't know, but that – I don't know that I could do that. Like have a child that I knew was biologically mine, but my brother was raising it as mm-hmm. his because it because they needed the genetic link to him. It just it seems that seems unnecessarily convoluted to me. Um, That's and, interesting because I feel like some people will have less of an attachment like that, and I don't know. I I always kind of imagined men had less of an attachment. I would have – I have less of attachment if – it's seeing them all the time because you would see them mm-hmm. all the time and you'd know every time you saw them that that's actually my my biological child. That's OK. And like – But you would be more OK with having like biological children out in the world. Not like, you know, because I know some people like definitely did a lot for money. Yeah. <laughs> for, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, sperm donations and have – hundreds of kids out there potentially but you would be okay with like the thought of maybe like one or two biological children of yours out there that you didn't know about if it was a situation like this i would not be okay with like you know situations where i got women pregnant that just chose not to tell me right right. Um, that's a little bit of a thing but like yeah that feels a little bit i don't know that separation makes it a little more like no you can this is you know it's more their kid because I'm not involved with it at all. And I, sure. I, it's kind of I, – I guess I don't really know. It just feels 
weird. And it would, it okay. would definitely feel weird to me being like, my brother impregnated my wife. Not directly the way that it usually happens, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but still, right? Like that, yeah. that would, that's a little uh, – that might be a little tricky for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, interesting perspective. Um, all right. So let's move on to like we were talking about some of these couples just not doing so well this week. And let's talk about some that are not doing so well. And that's Andy and Brittany. Sure. So as you recall from last week's episode or last time we saw Andy and Brittany, she was begging random people off of the street to let them borrow their phone. After failing to find someone willing to help, Andy comes out and is just like hovering like he always has. And she just turns to him and asks to borrow his phone. Brittany tells him that she left her phone in the car. She calls Gracie to tell her grandma, Gracie's grandma, Brittany's mom, to pick up Brittany at a church across the street from Andy's house. Andy is just standing by while this conversation is happening, and he's just confused. And then he goes inside the house and starts packing up his stuff. He says the only reason he is in Rome is for Brittany, and he's not going to look like a fool. So if she leaves, he's going to leave, too. Andy doesn't think that Brittany will want him back. Brittany says that Andy is not what she thought. She claims he's a liar, and when she catches him in a lie, he just lies some more. So Brittany is just done. While she's waiting in the church parking lot, Andy rolls up in the car, and Brittany just doesn't want to talk to him. He's always hovering and always there. Andy asks what he needs to do, and Brittany is clearly frustrated and tells him she doesn't want to go with him. Andy doesn't know what's going to happen, but he's convinced that Brittany will want to use drugs. Brittany is stressed out, but she feels empowered that she stood up for herself instead of going to use or caving and going with Andy. She assures us and herself that she will be okay, and it's one step at a time. All right. I am confused by the fact that Andy claims he is in Rome only for Brittany when... Why does yeah. Brittany want to be in Rome? Like, it's far from her kids, right? Isn't it an hour to drive there? Yeah, it's specifically – with. it's why she specifically, at least at the beginning of this whole season, didn't want to go with him right away because it was so far away from her kids. Yeah. Like, which I – okay. So, it's one of those things that's like – depending on the context of how you feel about Andy, it's different ways. Because one thing is like, well, he wanted to get her away from all the things that got her in trouble before. So the farther away they can go and still be reasonable, we'll go to Rome. That's a place I have – maybe he has connections, something, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But then you look at it the other way and you feel like maybe Andy's a controlling abuser. What would, he, what would that kind of person do? Oh, right. right. He'd move his – he'd move you hours away from your family so that you can't get that. So it, if you ever wanted to leave, you'd be stuck in the front yard begging people for phones. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think it's more the second, right? Like, mm -hmm. Andy was trying to isolate her. He was trying to get her to be independent – or, sorry, dependent on him. And it just – it was interesting to me that he kept on saying that he was doing all these things so she could be independent. But it's like – but not really. And I thought it was interesting that she's smart enough to know, like, I can't take the phone. I'll get in trouble. You know, I can't take the car. It's not my name. I'll get in trouble. Like, I'm stuck here. And, yeah, I mean, she had to call her family and thank goodness that they are willing and able to help her out of this. But it definitely seems like he's setting her up to isolate and using the drugs as, like, an excuse for that. But at the same time, you're kind of right in that, like, Andy does have experience with his ex-wife you know, like using. 
So maybe these are the things that he's trying to be preventative about. Between the, besides the isolating, right? And Brittany's very, I'm glad she's not using drugs and stuff like that. But she's actually kind of lucky she didn't get picked up for being suspected to be on drugs because I feel like right. if I drive by supplies where some, some person is just like standing in their yard, like being like, can I use your phone? Can I use your phone? Can I use your phone? Right. Like, Maybe that's just the Baltimore city of me. And it's like, if somebody's asking to use your phone, that's because they're trying to distract you so other people can rob you. Like, oh, so, God. Oh, yeah. You don't, don't let anybody use your phone in Baltimore city. Absolutely not. Um, but I would, yeah, I'd be like, this is suspicious. Why is this random person like begging everybody for their phone? I, I don't know yeah. about that. Um, but I mean, the way he just shows up when he's clearly not wanted is so weird right. and creepy. Like when she's yeah. filming, it's weird. Yeah, it's like, are you really concerned about her safety when she's literally hanging out with production? Right. Yeah. Now, I get that there's an element of they don't want to intervene, but at the same time, they're not going to sit back and do nothing if she's getting attacked, if that's what you think is going to happen. But I think he's more concerned about the using, and I do think production would stand by and let her use. Yes. I mean, I think he was just like, I think I think it's more of a controlling thing that we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier. I think it's like, well, I don't like that she's over there talking. I didn't know what she's saying. Like, I need to know what, what's yeah. going on. I need to hear that. Yeah. Right? And so he just goes – but it's like he's just – everything about him is like he never does it smoothly. He never like finds a, <laughs> yeah. inter, a, a reasonable reason to be there. She's just like talking to production and here's a car door slam and it's like, shit, that's him, isn't it? Right? Yeah. And then And then he just like silently like stay, comes and stands and stares at her. Like it's so awkward and weird. weird. Like so of all the things that go with is he being controlling? Is he, you know, trying to get away from her family? It just is like if he wasn't so physically off-putting with the way he interacts, Mm -hmm. like things would go a lot smoother for him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, we got other physically off-putting people maybe. Um, (laughs) I don't have any more of those. But let's talk about – uh, let's talk about Sheree and Anthony. So Sheree and Anthony are leaving their party late. Uh, not too late. They're trying not to be too late because he has this 1 a.m. curfew. And we saw them in the last episode speeding off. So he's complaining that they should have left earlier. But she thinks that, you know, she's got things under control. So, of course, things got messy at the end of the party because they had lied about being married. And now everybody knows they actually were married. So as uh, time gets closer, Sheree's road rage is like increasing. She's like, why are you people going so slow? If you were going faster, we could get there. Ah! She's just getting mad. Anthony stays, is, seems to be at least outwardly staying calm. So he knows that his ankle monitor is going to like register the time he gets back onto the premises. And then they pull into the parking space at the apartment at like exactly 1259, like one minute to go. Sheree like busts out of the car and starts like sprinting up the stairs to try to get to the apartment and like – Anthony just like starts following leisurely, just like do do. Okay. It kind of reminded me of like Looney Tunes where the cat is running away from Peppy Le Pew and he's just going slow and the cat's like yeah. crazy, crazy. But they all seem to get there at the, same, they get time, there at the right? same time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he gets in, plugs his plugs into Charger's monitor, and she said it wasn't like the perfect night she had imagined, but because everyone's mad at them now, and also Anthony's friends never showed, but he isn't mad and he thanks her for throwing the party, and then. Falls asleep like while his ankle monitor is charging on the couch. So next morning, Sheree, I guess he eventually moved to the bed because she's trying to wake him up to do a mock interview uh, just to prepare him for getting a real job. So 
it's been a long time, obviously, since he's been in prison, since he's had a job and done a job interview. So um, she wants to get him prepared when when it's time to do that. But she doesn't do it. Like we'll talk about it later. The way I would do it, the way she does it, mm-hmm. is to have a full-on mock job interview, and is like, "Oh, welcome!" And like she brings over a table and has them sit across from each other, and is like, "Oh, good morning, Anthony. I'm I'm Sheree from HR. How what brings you in today?" Like this whole like full-on role-playing stuff. Like even has like a folder that he has that just hands her yeah. resumes and stuff. It it's it's involved. Um, once they start, though, she critiques his energy and his technique for how, like, how he handed over the resumes. Useless stuff in my hand. How disrespectful. You shouldn't do that. Anthony Joe in an interview just tells us that this is probably just her showing off because she's an HR manager. And it's like, well, let me show you how much I know. So he tells us he's looking for a warehouse job, which he's done did before he was in prison. And he is really not fully invested in this role play. Uh, but – does his stuff, you know, it's yes about like, oh, what about this time here where it says you were a peer teacher at the correctional facility? So she thinks he's not doing well in this interview because of his nonchalant, I don't care attitude. Um, but I I don't know. I don't think it was – I think a lot of that just came from him being like, this is fucking stupid that we're doing this. Yeah. So she did notice though and, you know, that oh, some bad things he didn't do. He didn't make enough eye contact with her. And, you know, he was swinging in his chair back and forth. He doesn't believe that. So they're kind of like, oh, this is dumb. All right. So let's go with that. If you were preparing somebody for a job interview and helping them out, like your, your partner, would you do it anywhere near like this? Uh, I don't know. I think I, I think I maybe would have um, because that makes sense to me to try to – recreate the situation but i also understand from his perspective how it's awkward super to try to talk yourself up to your partner and it's hard to take that situation seriously but i don't i can't think of a better way to do like a mock interview unless you had a completely separate person do it for you right i don't know that i would do a mock interview that's that was my issue mm-hmm. i would just be like oh so they're probably going to ask you about prison so when they ask you what's going on in prison like what, what's your answer going to be let's workshop that let's talk about what yeah. you might say let's rehearse it right let's you sure. know we'll do back if it doesn't have to be like well hello anthony i had noticed on your <laughs> resume that like it doesn't you know what i'm saying it can just be like you can prepare without doing a mock interview I do think it is good to do – I mean, as someone who was in a sorority in college, we did tons of mock ah. recruitment scenarios, right? And I do think it is like a useful technique to really put yourself in a situation because, you know, if you just practice kind of like an individual question, it's easy to kind of like workshop it. But then when you actually are on and have to like say it, it doesn't always – come out as smoothly is like if you had actually practiced it, you know, instead of like outlining the ideas that you want said. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a good thing. Cause I am, um, my track record is I'm garbage at job interviews and I never figure out why. <laughs> like, I, it's not like I, I never leave a job interview being like, Oh man, I flubbed all those questions. I sounded like an idiot. I wouldn't say never. I've done that once or twice. But even when I go in and be like, oh, yeah, man, I had I had snappy. I was with their questions, shook their hands. We were doing great. And then it's like, no, just ghosting. Complete never hear from anybody again. Right? And yeah. and it's funny because it came up with – when she said it, as the was – you know, I was sitting with my partner who is much better at job interviews than I am um, with the, um, the eye contact thing. Yeah. And that's something that – 
is very, very hard for me. And it's weird because like, you look up all this stuff about eye contact and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's because you're nervous or it's because you have, you know, this kind of anxiety. I was like, no, it just feels weird to stare people in the eye. Like, and, like, <laughs> and that's what I – because I go the other way. If people are like staring at me in the eye – and I'm weird with stuff like this because people stare at me in the eye and I'm just like, why – is there something on my nose? What? Do you, why are you looking at my face? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> So. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning of my teaching career, definitely bounced around from a lot of jobs because of uh, budget cuts and like things like that, you know. And so I had a lot of experience with interviews. Um, I would definitely kind of credit um, my experience in a sorority uh, in my college years as my comfortability being in interviews and being able to answer questions pretty quickly like that mm-hmm. and having mm-hmm. kind of like more thoughtful answers about things and framing things in a way that highlights yourself without making yourself look bad. Um, so I would say that I'm fairly successful. I think like, I don't know, one time I counted, I think I have a higher percentage now, but it was like, I would get at least half, half of the jobs that I interviewed for again, offer on half the jobs, like back when I was having to interview quite a bit. But um, and I think in my more adult life, I think it's probably a higher percentage now. Oh, so no. I've, I've got I'm, yeah. I, I'm below 10% of any or every job that I've ever gotten. And the, it, I think it's funny that you do that because I think my issue I never and that's what I'm like, I don't feel uncomfortable. I'm fine mm-hmm. with it. I just completely forget that I'm selling something. Yes. <laughs> and I just like talk to people and I'm like, I just have a conversation with people. It's like, oh, that was a nice conversation. It's like, well, what did you yeah. brag about? And I was like, brag about? What do you mean brag about? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, you got to highlight your strengths there. Yeah. You know? I, and so I always, yeah, it's just, it's way easier for me to just feel like, hey, I'm somebody who's going to fit in and like, I'll be great. I can hit the ground running. Like, I don't know. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, I'm bad at it because I never, <laughs> I'm not impressed with myself. I never sell. I never, I sell. I, I think that's what it is. I just, I have a great rapport with them and they're like, yeah, but he was just a guy. Like. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, let's move on to our next couple. Let's go with Chelsea and Mikey. So a month out of prison, we see Mikey working on his family farm, which he says is hard work. He says that the support he has has been huge and he is so thankful for his friends and family. His friend David comes to visit and he just got released from prison. David is the one who helped Mikey get medical attention when he was having his strokes in prison. Mikey talks about fixing his car so he can take a trip to visit Chelsea. He's nervous about meeting her dad because he knows that her dad is packing a gun and doesn't like him. Chelsea visits her dad to talk to him about meeting Mikey. He asks what makes Mikey different and Chelsea says that Mikey doesn't want anything from her and he has his own money. Chelsea's dad just doesn't want to meet Mikey. You know, he knows that Chelsea does not have a good track record and she would probably agree. And Mikey says that you know, uh, he doesn't or sorry. And his and her dad says that he doesn't trust Mikey because he has a teardrop tattoo. Mikey is also nervous about talking to Chelsea about money. The other day, Mikey was talking to Chelsea about buying a four wheeler and Chelsea told him that he should save his money because she brags that she had 5000 saved up. And when Mikey asked her how she got the money, she got defensive and refused to tell him. Mikey feels like she's lying and wonders if she's into something illegal because he's worried that it will affect his parole. David advises him to be smart and come back uh, if something is weird with Chelsea. Chelsea's dad is warning Chelsea about Mikey and his criminal past. 
Later, Mikey hangs out with his daughter, Hadley. Her mom isn't interested in seeing Mikey. Hadley says that she wishes Mikey didn't have to go to Ohio, and Mikey says it's only for a couple of weeks. Hadley says she is sad mad. Mikey doesn't know what to do if he moves to Ohio. He wants to keep things balanced. Mike gives his daughter a necklace and a bracelet. Hadley calls him the best dad ever. Mikey is so grateful that she has been so accepting. Hadley asks if Mikey is going to ask Chelsea to get married, and Mikey says no. Hadley doesn't want Mikey or either of her parents to get married. She wants the attention to be on her. Hadley will miss Mikey over the next couple of weekends, but Mikey says that he will make it up to her by picking her up from school for a week, and that makes her happy. All right, so um, very heartwarming, you know, scene that we've seen with Hadley. She's been an absolute, like, accepting, loving daughter. You couldn't expect, like, more from a daughter who's been estranged for her dad for all this time. Uh, but I would say that the kind of notable part is this weird argument they got over money. What do you think is happening? Uh, so she clearly got the money somewhere that right. she is embarrassed about for some reason. Yes. Right? Um, so my guess is she probably got it from dad um, and doesn't want to be like, oh, I'll my money from dad, especially when she is really insistent that, that Mikey should be independent and he's self-sufficient and bring in his own money. Because, I mean, last time she was talking – she was like – Losing her shit because they got broke. They took her off. They were so taking off welfare. Broke. And she was like, I won't be able to pay my bills. It's crazy. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. And and then gets super defensive as soon as he asks about it, right? And which is yeah. a bad sign. Um, so I I was on Team Mikey for that. I was like, that's weird that somebody who's so broke all of mm-hmm. a sudden just has four – was it 4000 Is that what it was? 5000 Just has $5,000 out of nowhere and is like, yeah. oh, don't worry about it. I just got it. And you're like – Got it how? Like, yeah. Like, but it also seemed like how she framed it. Like, you should save money too. Look at me. Like, I saved $5,000. And to expect there to be no questions. Right. Like, where did you get this $5,000? Well, especially from – I mean, not that this is necessarily his primary concern. But like, generally, if people who don't have, you know, good jobs or don't have other things just randomly come up with a huge sum of money out of nowhere – there was mm-hmm. some sort of crime involved, right? And he's like, he's just out of prison. It's like, uh, yeah, when money just appears out of nowhere, I usually get arrested. Like, I don't want to be right. involved with that. I mean, to be honest, the first thing I thought of was OnlyFans, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. She has something going on on OnlyFans. I'm sure she has a audience somewhere. I mean, what could you pick? The fact that she's deaf, the fact that she has like a lot of tattoos, um, I don't know. Like, I mean, does she does she does do the because she's on the reality show? I mean, it's not her first. Not, she hasn't right, been here before. Right. Like, she's got celebrity like her name. You know, there's a that was that's where my mind immediately went to. I, I don't know. I'm not going to say, oh, she seems like the type of person or anything like that. I think that was is where my mind would go to for almost anyone that comes into money that quickly Mm -hmm. um, is that they must be selling something, um, you know, and doesn't even like OnlyFans. I mean, you have suggestive photos on there without it being completely in the realm of porn. But the other thing, too, is I don't know if I could really see her doing that. She does seem very confident with herself, but. Considering the trauma that she's been right. through mm-hmm. and how she, you know, told Mikey that she wants to feel like she's sexy, but she's very like 
yeah, you know, I mean, self-conscious and like I would feel you know, I would feel a kind of way too if it was like you know oh I'm really nervous about this I but yeah all that mm-hmm. all this trauma and then I came into money how did you do it oh I was like naked online for people and like and exploiting uh, myself yeah, yeah I'd be like oh wait wait especially like wait I haven't seen you naked like right like, and you're putting pictures up because of the trauma I'm just putting on pictures online for strangers there there'd be I feel like there'd be more conversation there at least right. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's where my mind would immediately go to. Because if you think about almost anyone, right, that isn't like an uh, established influencer with like millions of followers already, mm-hmm. how are you going to make a quick buck? I mean, you know, I, I mean, we joke about it all the time that I'm going to put my feet on OnlyFans, you know, like stuff like that, where it's like, OK, if I had a side hustle, I would not think of that because nobody's paying <laughs> to see me on OnlyFans. That's <laughs> right. Well, no one's trying to see me, but maybe my feet. I don't know. They have a chance. They have a chance at money. <laughs> if anything has a chance, that's going to be it. <laughs> <laughs> that's my feet. Sure. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that's what I would think of. Right. Like what else is there? right now that you could just like kind of make a little extra spending cash. Yeah. I think, I, I don't know if I'm, the, what, what my mind went to, if I'm Mikey or whatever, like I've gotten involved with selling drugs for somebody. Like, yeah, that, that's the other thing I, I would think of, which is why I thought of the crimes. Right. No. And he's absolutely legit. I agree with you. I'm totally team Mikey on this one. Um, I was a little bummed uh, that Hadley, just like doesn't want her parents to like move oh, on. Yeah, that's. I know it has nothing to do with their relationships with one another. I mean, she was very clear about that, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like she. Maybe she does want them to get back together, but that wasn't the reason she stated. She said that she just wants it to be about her, and she feels like she's having to split time if they've moved on. Yeah, and and that's also just a. I, I think that a lot of that is just kids don't like change. Yeah. Right. Sure. She doesn't know what that is like. She's like, I'm, I'm OK with where we are now. So let's just not change anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So going on, let's talk. Uh, I got Melissa and Louie left, which is a thing. So we start <laughs> with uh, Louie already being worried about this new car. It's making a knocking sound and stuff. So probably not. Oh, God. So we get home to talk to Donna about Melissa's opinion of the car, which is, you know, basically that he's wasting money. So Donna thinks that Melissa Melissa can't have her cake of having an independent Louis and also ha- eat it to eat it too. I guess the eating the cake would be making sure that he checks with her first before he buys things. <laughs> so he's worried that it seems like Melissa is getting irritated with him over all kinds of things. She didn't get irritated with him before. So Donna uh, Donna's plan right now because he's getting this uh, mouth surgery, you know, this procedure done uh, pretty soon is to give him all the foods. Now that he's not going to be able to eat later because, you know, he's going to be stuck with pureed foods for a while. So as they're eating like a chicken fried steak or something, I don't even know what she makes it. There was gravy on it. It was meat. Um, mm-hmm. She asked him about the logistics of getting him to and from the procedure. Like, when am I going to pick you up and stuff like that? But Louise, like, you don't have to worry about that because Melissa's going to come down to Georgia and she'll take me and we'll be staying in a hotel. Donna doesn't get it. Like, she's like, how can you have – you know, how could you even be with this girl? She doesn't like your mom. She's going to take you out of a hotel into a hotel. It's not going to work. So see, Donna thinks Melissa is too controlling, but you know, is it going to say it? Even though she says it, <laughs> so that's what Melissa FaceTimes him with some bad news. Uh, she we see her like on a bed with her luggage, but she's like, oh, there's like an emergency at work, and I'm not going to be able to make it. Like, you can, I I won't be able to even get down there. 
So he's disappointed but says he isn't mad at her because what are you going to do if it's work? So, of course, that's not what she tells us. She tells us she's not going down there because uh, Louis isn't doing enough to prove it to her that he's actually earnest about moving to New Jersey and getting things moving. So it also seems like she's testing him on whether or not he's going to be able to handle something like doing this mouth procedure on his own, which, of course, he's not because Donna's there and is obviously going to drive him. Um, (laughs) So it's very not – very much not what she wants to hear. So they argue about it apparently a lot. Like she's just like, why don't I understand? Why aren't you doing – why can't you get your own job? Did you forget how to get a job when you were in prison? Did you forget how to make food? And he's just like – my mom just made me dinner. Relax. Settle down. Uh, so she believes he's acting helpless and conveniently forgetting. Yeah, so Donna was coddling him too much, she thinks, and she, and, and she's not comfortable with that. So it's backed up um, by um, by her setting up this uh, – like we back that up because we're like, oh, does Donna coddle him too much? And then we got to her who's like making a nest on the couch of like, oh, he can put his footsies up on here and here's the pillow God. where he can put his head when he gets back. So, of course, uh, now that Melissa's out, Donna's going to have to take Louis to the appointment. I mean, I assume that he's going to be like under general anesthesia. He's going to have anesthesia so he can't drive himself, is, yeah. which was weird that Melissa was like, well, you got to take care of it yourself. It was like very weird. To How? Me. How? Right. So he's not – he is not very sure about this postal emergency that has kept Melissa from coming down and thinks there's an <laughs> alternate reason. So once he gets to the dentist, uh, the dentist tells him they won't be able to do the procedure right now because of a water main break down the street. But if he waits about 30 minutes, they might be have the water back and be able to do it. So that leaves him and Donna to sit in the waiting room where he gives Melissa a call to fill her in with what's going on. So, of course, Donna can't keep her nose out of the conversation because they're on speakerphone. And Donna and Melissa fight through Louis's phone for a while. And then he goes outside to FaceTime her without Donna around and he calls her, you know, FaceTime video of his time. And is immediately confused because she's at home and he's like, uh, thought you were at work and that's why you weren't <laughs> down here? And she's like, oh, yeah, no. I, I just didn't want to come down there because um, I expected you to be much more manly, be more of a man, you little boy. You should be a man. So she feels like okay. he's not adulting and things and blah, blah, blah. And she keeps an eye on – but but he keeps his eye on the ball here and is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are we arguing about this? The issue here is that you lied to me about why you couldn't come down here. <laughs> so then she's just like threatens to revoke payment for the procedure and he's like, whatever. No, you already paid for it. You can't do that. Go ahead. Dispute the charges. It's dumb. And then at that point, she was like, well, maybe I just need more space. So she says she's not breaking up with him. She just wants to put a pause on things and she'll pick things back up when he starts acting like a boss. Which he decides to start by hanging up on her. So then he goes back into the office to talk to Donna about things. Well, you know, Donna asks about things. Donna's like, mom, though, is like, what is she talking about? I think you're very independent. So he tells her about (laughs) the pause in the relationship. And Donna's just like, sounds like a breakup. That's a breakup to me. (laughs) So maybe she should find a good southern girl for him to, to be a nice house husband to. So she has just a person because there's a random dental assistant walking into the office like and her name is her name is Michelle and she has the weirdest hair I think we've ever seen. She has all of yeah. her hair down except for the very front where she just has a bun on like the front of her head. Yeah. Um so anyway, we see that. Um and anyway, Donna brings her out and more or less pulls the like, have you met Louis? Trick. <laughs> and Michelle plays along and asks about Melissa, you know, oh, weren't you with your girlfriend? And like 
maybe we can send her some pictures to make her jealous or something. And anyway, it's weird. It's it's weird. It's awkward. I don't know why they're talking to each other. <laughs> and then he invites her outside to talk and they sit on the stairs. So Louis dumps on her about the relationship pause. And then Michelle says, well, maybe you should put her on pause for a while. Eventually, he kind of asks, well, are you single? And then she, he does the lame thing where she's like, yeah. And he was like, a beautiful girl like you. Why are you single? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but anyway, she doesn't give him his number. She's like, I'm flattered, but no. Um, so that's kind of where we leave. That was the most awkward dentist scene ever. Why was this Michelle even playing along? This is so bad. Did you find it as awkward as I did? It was so awkward. Yeah. Well, okay. Especially because you could tell it was kind of fake or that she was just playing along because at the end of it, when he asks for her number, like, or, you know, oh, would you like to go out with me sometime? She's like, okay. And she gave some very vague response, right? That was kind of yeah. like, that sounds nice. And, you know, and it's like, all right, what are you going to do with that? But then it just seemed like she was on her merry way. And it's like, well, how are you going to call him? Like, what? Yeah. She's not going to call him. It, no. He's not going to call her. No, no. This is, nobody's calling anybody. This is a production setup, just being like, I don't know, we need something to film. Uh, come pretend to talk to him for a while. And it's like, okay. Like, yeah. But it's weird to me that Melissa is trying to be on a break with him instead of just breaking up with him. To me, I feel like this is her way of seeing if there's other options out there, right? The, grass is always greener kind of situation. And, you know, if she doesn't find someone in the meantime, she has Louie kind of doing this, you know, uh, self-improvement. Mm-hmm. And really, to her, the self-improvement is to shape him to be the man that she wants. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what's, that's what's, that's what's ridiculous about it. It was like, mm-hmm. it's like, you need to be more independent and more manly and take charge by doing exactly what I want you to do. Okay. Like, you should have... And, and, and what I want you to do is reject help from everyone else for no discernible reason. Like, why would mm-hmm. he – like, his mom's going to cook dinner for him. Why? Which he's supposed to be like, no, mom. I'm going to cook my own dinner. You stop cooking. Like, whatever. The dinner is – when did she get home? It's it's such a weird flex of her to be like, you're not taking care of it. Because he, he – doesn't he have to live with someone? Isn't that required? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I think, I think really at the end of the day, what she wants is for him to have kind of the self-motivation and the discipline to get to New Jersey faster. Mm -hmm. And so I want to say that all of these to her are qualities that are not getting him to New Jersey faster. And so she's like, well, if you were just manly and it's like what does that even mean i think it's just like okay i'm someone who's going to prioritize making money i'm going to prioritize Mm -hmm. being disciplined and work hard to save money to be able to go to new jersey i think that's really what it is that she wants at the end of the day which is wild to me because like because she specifically talks about, well, why don't you have a job? Why don't you have a job? Why don't you have a job? It's like, why sh- Why do you want him to have a job in Georgia? Isn't he coming to New Jersey in a month? Like, right. Like, wh- why does he know to go out and get a job? Like, it's just that weird hustle culture, like, macho. She just wants to be more, like, macho than he is, right? Yeah. Is I think what it, what it is. Like, I, I feel like if he, like, started every phone call with, like, you know what, woman? You shut up. And I'll do what I want to do. She'd be like, oh, yeah, that's much better. Right? Like, <laughs> like, that's much more manly, even if he didn't do anything actually different. But it's like. Right. 
Oh, you're yeah. gonna let your you're gonna let your mommy cook for you? Ugh. Like it's 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 they, she's just so annoying to me. Yeah, she's annoying to me too. Cause it's like, well, you were trying to get married to him when you were down here. What would you have done then? Like, you're an idiot. You clearly don't think things through. I don't right. know. I yeah. put that on her. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of not thinking things through, Oof. we've got Oof. Red. Yeah. Red and Joy. He didn't. He so, doesn't think five five minutes ahead. Like no, <laughs> he doesn't. No. Uh, Joy and Red have just left his family's house. Joy justifies why she has to get back to New Mexico, including her job and her son. Red doesn't doubt his decision to move. He keeps referring to Joy as his wife, and he wants to uh, get back to be with his family, meaning Joy's son. Joy is venting about how his family didn't make her feel welcome, asking, who is she? And Red is distracted because he's texting or doing something on his phone. So Joy calls him out and asks who he's talking to. Red tells her that she's tripping. And Joy points out that his mom told her that other women were sending him money. Red claims that he just hit up the women asking for money. And half the time, he didn't even talk to them. Joy points out that that means the other half of the time, he did talk to Mm -hmm. them. So Red is trying to spout another lie to cover all the other things he was hiding. Joy tells him that she just wants him to be honest. Red admits that he has received pictures of women and he still has them. Joy starts to cry as Red tells her they're just normal pictures of like his homegirls. Joy asks if you can see their ass or if they're half naked and Red denies that the pictures are inappropriate. Joy accuses him of jacking off to those pictures and using his only phone call from the hole for other women other than her. Red doesn't deny any of it, and Joy says that she just doesn't trust him and she doesn't want to talk to him as she walks into the hotel without him. Joy thinks that Red's story is suspicious and feels like he was doing more than just talking if these women are sending him money. The next morning, they're having the same argument. Red has a photo album, like a physical photo album of pictures of women, and none of the pictures are of Joy. Red says that he's not a dummy and he expected her to have pictures. I don't know what I meant by that, but Joy objects to him making it her fault. Uh, Oh, he's not a dummy. He expected her to have pictures of him. So Joy objects to him making it her fault. And then Red thinks that she's blowing it out of proportion. And he feels like he has a new warden, which we'll get to that. Like, that's like the kiss of death there when someone says that yep so red excuses himself for a smoke and joy cries that she just has to be okay with all this stuff because of what she did red then calls his bestie julie to vent uh she comes by and picks him up and they hug joy says that they are just friends but he is very attracted to her Red gets in the car with Julie and Joy calls and Red ignores the call and asks Julie to drive down the street so he can't be seen. Joy continues to cry in the room. Red asks Julie if he can kiss her and she has a little hesitation because, you know, he's got a girlfriend or a wife. Red asks if Julie can teach him to kiss. Red thinks that he should get a hall pass since he was so young when he went in. He wants to mark Julie by giving her a hickey. Joy goes to the nearest gas station to look for Red, figuring that he might go there, you know, just walk there to get something to drink. Joy tries calling him again as Red sees her and ducks down and gets Julie to drive off. 
Joy doesn't want someone who can't communicate, so now she doesn't know what to do. Julie and Red pull up to a hotel while Joy cries some more. Joy finally gets a hold of Red, who claims he was trying to meet up with her. Joy says that she's going to New Mexico without him. Red says he needed to get away, so Joy says that she needs to get away. He says he's at his mom's house, and she says that she'll meet him there. Meanwhile, we find out Red was having sex with Julie, and that's mm-hmm. why he wasn't answering his phone. <laughs> he's not actually at his mom's house, so now he's rushing over with Julie so he can get, beat Joy there. Red says that it wasn't revenge sex. He just wanted to get, I don't know, this out of his system. Joy continues to cry as she drives to his mom's house. Joy says that she's done because she feels like he just does what he wants when he wants. Joy just wants to drop off his stuff and leave. Red is banging on the door to the car and Joy opens the back door so he can get his stuff. But Red unlocks the door, hops in the passenger seat and tells her that he wants her to take him to his son. Joy cries and says that he's stubborn and always on his phone as she tries to grab it out of his hand. Yes. Oh, jeez. He's. Yeah. He gets mad and says it's like a toy to him and he's not doing anything. Red finally gets out to get his stuff. But then he changes his mind, so Joy unpacks for him. Red is so confused because Joy usually gives in, and he's never Uh, seen her stick to her guns before. I know. I told you because I had watched this before you. I was like, I hate Red. I don't know how. Uh, And then you replied something like, you didn't know how he could surpass my hatred for Joy, (laughs) but this is it, right? This is like our worst student. Yeah. And I know you can well, say it's like it's not the my worst, worst student behaved because student. My, wor- my worst student doesn't go. I just thought he'd roll over. Like oh, I thought yeah, I could just could do whatever the fuck I wanted and he'd roll over. <laughs> right. Like, right. Like I, that's pretty clear that I'm not going to roll over. Right. And yeah. And so, yeah, that's the part that was. the. I mean, everything was infuriating. Right. But yes. especially to put a cherry on top, just be like, I don't know what's going on. I thought I could do whatever I wanted. And if I just like looked at her with my eyes, she would just give in. Like, right. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know what's going on now. Like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. The thing that I think infuriated me the most about that statement specifically is in his mind, you know, we talked about this before. He's they're definitely keeping score. Right. And so to him, she has. It's three to know, one. He's it's three up. to one. Yep, yeah. It's three to one. And so <laughs> it's fine. He can do whatever the fuck he wants because he's going to hold this cheating thing over her head. And it's like the moment you start keeping score, you shouldn't be together, mm-hmm. you know, and it's sad because hers is worse, I guess, in a way, because of the fact that, you know, you got a child out of this. And you're going to have to live with that reminder of the cheating like every day of your life. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like the moment – like once again, the moment that you're like, no, yours is worse. It's like you shouldn't be together. Right. But I mean this guy – like I said, this this guy plays checkers and it's just like – Moves, he'll just this is he just moves a piece to where you can jump it, and it's like, oh shit, you jumped it. I didn't know, I wouldn't even see that. And you're like, what do you mean? You didn't see? This is the most obvious thing. And honestly, the person who I was most more confused by than anybody in this whole segment was Julie. Like, yeah, I'm just thinking, putting myself in a woman's shoes, trying to do that, right? And a guy calls up and was like, hey, babe, we're, like booty call, we're, we're gonna get down, great, right. Pick me up, not actually at my hotel, down the street from my hotel so I can hide from my significant other. Okay. 
And then once we get in the car, I'm going to drive to a gas station and make you duck in the seat so that she doesn't see me. Why are you still right. with – why are you going to fuck this guy? I don't understand. Yeah. What's going on? Okay, especially <laughs> like, when she did not seem like she was into his kissing, which I feel mm-hmm. like he got that, which is why he kind of said, you know, like – he made some self-deprecating comment about how, you know, he's not good at kissing and that he needs her to teach him. So it's like – yeah, no. I mean, I my impression with that is she 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 didn't want to do it on camera, like she didn't want to be mm-hmm. caught seen on camera kissing him and stuff. Um, which is what kind of the idea when like you know he called her on the Facetime at the thing. She was like, I shouldn't be saying you look good, like yeah, right. To try to keep we're gonna keep this bestie charade up for a while, right? And it's just I just I'm like who signs up for that? And then him just being like, oh my god, like just. And that, that's part of it too is like his – and I, that, to me, that's part of the reason that, you know, probably part of the reason he ended, he's in prison anyway is him just mm-hmm. being like, well, I, I, I'm attracted to her and I want to do it. So clearly I am owed it. Clearly I, I'm entitled to that. Yeah. Like because I – why I'll am I entitled to that? It. Because I wanted it. Like yeah. that's not why you're entitled to anything. Right. I'll figure it out. I'll get out of it. I mean, honestly, to me, the hugest red flag, like this entire season, is the fact that he has been in the whole majority of his prison stay. Right. That tells you something about the type of, like, I don't know, community member he is. Mm-hmm. Someone who can't follow the rules, that just does whatever the hell they want doesn't seem to care that much about any kind of consequence. Right. Like, and that- well, also, too, what gets me is we, we took, you mentioned it, the thing, the I have another warden now, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, but I feel like you just got out of prison. I know you just right. got out of prison. And I feel like you know that the warden does more than tell you you can't fuck somebody, right? Like, right. it's worse than that. Like, yeah. you're much more restricted than telling you that you can't fuck other people. Like, there's, it's that's not what the warden does. He right. does it and among I, other things. That is part of it. Yes. Yeah. Like, but. And I feel like all she was trying to say was like, focus on me when we're having a conversation. Like, don't be playing on your phone. Like, well, this is serious. And that's the thing is I don't think he was playing on his phone. He's literally like, oh, I, you should forgive me and take me back as he's texting other women. Like, that's in my right. head exactly what he was doing. Yeah. As he's in conversation with the other women that he's trying to hook up with. Like, what? Yeah. Get out but of here. But this whole, like, idea, like uh, like I even said, you know, there's a new warden in town. That is, like, the kiss of death for any of these prison relationships. And it's like, I don't understand why he doesn't see the fact that having this instant family is a different kind of prison. Mm-hmm. You know? And, like... Mm-hmm. Sure, some people like they're ready for that in their life and they don't see it as a prison. But if he's the kind of person who's like trying to get things out of his system, like being bound to like stay in the house every night because you have a kid and you need a schedule and consistency and you need to be there for them and you need to like, you know, devote your time. This does not sound like the life that he should be choosing for himself. And I'm confused why he is choosing why, this for himself. And this is not the first person we do this. So many people so many. do this. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because they want I, – I, and I do think it's a both ways thing because they, it's not I, – I honestly think that they want to get somebody they can manipulate into providing them the stability that the family provides mm-hmm. while also going off on the side and doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, right? and they think they get the th- reason they commit to the family is because they think they can have it both ways. 
Right. And they think they can just be like, well, she'll take me back so I can do whatever I want. I can step out. I can go out whenever I want, stay out all night, do whatever I want with my boys and I'll come back and she'll take me back because – yeah. She's weak and she'll take me back, yeah. right? And like yeah. he just said at the end, because she'll give it to me. Right. Like, and I do think that's the reason why he's sticking with her is because he does see her as weak. Mm-hmm. Someone who's going to just do whatever the heck he wants. And oh my gosh, I want her so badly to stick to her guns because he deserves it, right? Oh, he absolutely deserves this, it. 100%. This is all – she doesn't even have any idea that he met up with his bestie, that he had sex with his bestie. And this is how she's reacting. Yeah, like, she just is like, oh, why did you leave a hotel and not tell me where you're going? I don't know if you know yeah. who you are. Like, I mean, I would I, – I, I, hmm, I probably suspect that she thinks he did something. But I definitely don't know like – and that's the other thing too is, man, like the other thing with the, the, with the Julie, it's just so like – Oh, I'm upset with my girlfriend. I'm going to leave and have sex immediately. Like, well, boom. okay. I like, felt like he was already had that planned anyway. He did. It he just found an excuse to him, step out. Yeah. Right. It gave him, it an gave excuse him to a step perfect out. opportunity. And I wouldn't even be surprised if he had picked a fight in the first place to give himself the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, he had a binder full of women. Like, literally had the binder full of women. <laughs> that he's like, here's he all the other women I'm talking to. Like, that is just a prop to get you kicked out of the room. It's no other reason to have that. Besides, oh, my gosh. Yes. Like physical copies. Because, I mean, like, it's wild. Right. He had already planned to meet up with her for a hot minute, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he had told Julie, like, when he was at the barbershop, you know. So, I mean, I feel like, yes, he was picking a fight. Mm-hmm. And I just, I want Joy to kick him to the curb so badly. Yeah, I mean, I don't have confidence that you will. I feel like this is uh, yeah. always this is always step one of the dance. It's like, no, that's it. We're really done. And then step two right. of the dance is, oh, baby. And it's, oh, well, you know, he well, was so I good with him and, and that's, like, that's the father to my son. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, but it's not the father to your son. But I can see her saying that. I can see her saying and- that, but I just don't I, – I, I don't understand how you could be where you are right now in the situation you're in right now. And yeah. Not knowing that like, no, he's going to keep doing this. This is not – he's going to keep doing this over and over and over because he does not think about anything besides what he wants right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. And But I (laughs) – she has this fear as with most people who are single moms, right? Mm -hmm. That she's going to have to raise this kid by herself. And I feel like a lot of single moms put themselves in a position – where they're with someone that maybe ideally they wouldn't have been with just yeah. so they could have a father figure to their son. Right. And that's just that's that's a different mindset than that I'm kind of used to because mine would be like yeah. I would I feel like I'm obviously not a single mom, divorced dad, which is pretty far removed. But yeah. Like I don't know, it's just like, oh why I would guess you want that as I, your father figure? No, but, but it, I don't my, even think it's no, just my, the my father prospect figure. is just like that would be me. Oh, I guess I'm doing this and I'm guess I'm doing this alone. And I would make plans for how I'm going to do it alone. It would never dawn on me to be like, what I have to do is find somebody else to be this father, this kid's father. I would never – I would just be right. like, how are we going to do this as best we can with just me because I'm just going to assume that's what's going to happen and that's what's going right. to be like for the next 18 years. I think there's an element of you want a father figure, right? Especially – Oh, know, yeah. And pe- I, and- you can make arguments for having a daughter or a son, right? Mm-hmm. For whatever you, you want a father figure. But the other thing – part of it I think is that you just don't want to have to do everything by yourself. Right. But to me, it's like when you're committing to being the single parent and staying the single yeah. parent, that's what you're committing to. 
And right. so I, it, I don't know that 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 that's what because I think there's other ways to get father and, and mother figures without mm-hmm. having that person be your partner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like she has a lot of sisters, but I don't I don't think we've seen a single male figure in that family yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which is probably probably explains a lot of uh, where many of her issues come from, actually. Gosh. All right. Uh, so uh, out of the group we saw this week, uh, I'm assuming we're not going to see uh, Asante and anytime soon yeah. they're done mm-hmm. so out of the group that we saw this week who was your student of the week yeah, i'm gonna say louis um like i think he handled some of um i think melissa was also trying to goad him a little bit and prod him into mm-hmm. into breaking and trying to make him responsible for the pause or whatever but i mm-hmm. mean I, I i think he i think he's kind of doing the right thing when she comes with this pause of being like whatever i just got to keep doing whatever i need to do for me like and yeah. not worry as much about you know, bending over backwards and trying to be a man by her definition of it. So, <laughs> right. Uh, I went with Mikey. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like his relationship with his daughter, how he handled this conversation about, you know, marriage or potentially getting married. Um, I appreciate that he, you know, is planning on, you know, having this conversation with Chelsea. Um, he didn't seem to get mad when he was talking to her about it, but, you know, also banking it in his mind. Um, I think that he's appreciative of his friend, David, for everything that he did, uh, recognizes, uh, you know, how how appreciative he is of his family and friends for being so supportive. And he seems to be doing well. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, better yeah, than sure. most people who are out there not completely dependent on a partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your dunce? Obviously red. Like, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> just we just yelled about him for like twenty minutes. Obviously, yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> definitely. Okay, so how about your life lesson then? Um, so my life lesson goes back to we didn't really talk about this part of Sheree and Anthony. It's like if you need to be somewhere with that oh, specific hard time, set an <laughs> alarm or something. Like, uh, I, that's so funny. That was my life lesson. It was like, if you're running late, have a sense of urgency about you, right? Like, Anthony, like, strolling in, like, no big deal. Like, I swear he's like, how close to one can I get without going over? And I feel like he was just like, you saw Sheree. She was hustling up those stairs. Like, well, we need to get in the I door. Also and Anthony's that, like, I also mm. thought that the, I don't know where, where it pings. If it's a GPS, like, if it's yeah. a GPS ankle monitor, then he's like, as long as I'm on the property, like yeah. I'm here. <laughs> right, like, right. So I don't know. Because he he might have also heard the th- felt the thing ping and been like, yeah. oh, well, it's got me. So I'm good. Like, you know. Oh, my gosh. But it was frustrating to me. I was like, uh, move with a sense of urgency. Like- well, I was with – I mean, I, I'm glad that they both – both didn't have a sense of urgency because they would just scream to each other. Like she oh, was – she was Heather. But – you won't have to have that if you left on time because sure. you know how long it takes to get home. All right. So uh, we will be back again with uh, – it seems like there's going to be less and less couples. They're not making it very far. I'm wondering how much more of uh, Brittany and Andy we're going to see. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like he's just going to keep like sliding in into the screen behind her oh, God, for no reason. Know, right. Like, like, yeah. That's about it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Red and uh, Joy. I don't know. No, like, I, Melissa I, and Louie. There's I'm, a lot. Of- yeah, Red and Joy, I'm calling a, uh, just give me one chance to talk. Just give me one chance to explain and then she'll like. Yeah, Melissa yeah. and Louie, I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there might be less couples next week. But, <laughs> right. uh, but we'll be back. So until then. All right. See everybody then. All right. Bye. Bye.